Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. There is much to learn, much to know and understand about being an overcomer, walking the faith walk, the spirit-led walk, and um, it, it doesn't all just happen to you. You don't get it all, you know, overnight or, or in a week or so, but as you keep walking with the Lord, Scripture said, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Get your uh, Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom. Let's release faith today to get answers. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks. Thank you that we are your, your children, your, your people. You are our God. We reach out to you for fresh manna from heaven, for this day our, our daily bread and our, our spiritual bread, for answers and direction and help for right now. We ask for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look, please, in 1 John 5 again. 1 John 5, we've been talking about uh, faith that overcomes. And that truth is from this verse here, verse 4 of chapter 5 of 1 John. says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. You don't have to be a victim. You don't have to go through life broken, defeated, confused, uh, down, you can be an overcomer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And if it's in the world, you can overcome it. Right. <laughs> Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? Yes. Then you are a world overcomer, born to overcome. And he goes on to say, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In Romans 10 that we talked about, you can look at that again if you want to, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, he talks about how you get uh, born of God, that you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, and you are saved. And in verse 15, he said, uh, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, bring glad tidings of good things. That is the gospel, glad news of good things. He goes on to say, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, the Young's literal says, faith comes by a report, and the report by the saying of God. So he's talking, he calls the gospel the good report. We've been looking in Numbers 13 and 14 in this study about the sharp contrast of the evil report that the ten uh, spies brought back about the land 
And then the good report that God had given them, that it was a good land that flowed with milk and honey, and how that two out of those uh, 12, and actually two out of that whole generation of men, held on to the good report of God, when the rest of them did not, and died and died young and died wrong, and didn't enjoy what God had for them. You know, just because something's God's will for you, just because God has prepared it for you, given it to you, does not mean you automatically enjoy it. Because uh, even though grace gives it to you, grace doesn't receive it for you. Only faith can do that. That's why we're saved by grace through faith. Not just by grace. If it was all by grace, then it would happen regardless of what we believed or didn't believe. What we did or didn't do. And if it's, if it's all based only on grace, then everybody will be saved. Nobody will be lost. Because the Lord has paid the price for everybody. Didn't he? Yes. But will everybody be saved? The master said no. He said uh, there's a broad path that goes to destruction and many are on that path. And there are few. There's a straight and narrow way that leads to salvation and few that find it. So no, everybody is not saved. You know, sometimes people talk about every, every time somebody dies, then they talk about, well, you know, they're, they're in heaven. Well, are they? Everybody doesn't go to heaven. No. It matters what they believed, what they didn't believe. Did they receive the Lord? Did they not receive Him? Heaven is real. Hell is also real. There is life after death. And so people don't like these things and they, they think, you know, to be politically correct, you need to be inclusive of all religions. But you can't believe the Bible and believe all that stuff. You can't. <laughs> the Master said that nobody comes to the Father except by Him. And He said He is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by Him. He told some of the most religious people of His day, He said, you are of your father the devil. And they're religious people. And, he, and yet He said, you're of the devil. And then He said, if you don't believe I am He, you will die in your sins. So people, they can mock us if they want to and say, oh, y'all are just narrow-minded Bible thumpers and saved. Because believing anything doesn't work. It's not real. It's not true. There is one God, this Bible says. And there is one mediator, not two, not three. One mediator between God and men, the man. Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The one, the only. Hallelujah. Amen. Savior, Redeemer of the world. If you don't have Jesus, you're not saved. You don't have eternal life. You won't go to heaven when you die. So if that's the case, let's get it fixed. Right now, what do you say? Amen. Class, what do you think? Yes. Let's get it fixed right now. Say this out loud with me in class. Say it with me. I believe in God. Father, I do believe in you. And in your son, Jesus. 
and I receive him as Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I do believe in you, and I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, if you did that by faith, you just believed the good report, right? We gave you the good report, and you believe the good report. Now go back to Numbers, if you would, please. Numbers chapter uh, 14. In the 13th chapter, the 12 spies brought back the report. They were 40 days in uh, Canaan land, checking it out, scoping it out, looking at everything. And they came back and said, yeah, it is absolutely a beautiful place. It is a rich, fertile place. Climate's great. Look at the crops. Look at these grapes. Look at these figs and these pomegranates. But that doesn't matter because there's giants there and there's walled cities and we can't do it. It's not ours. It's theirs. It's not uh, the good land. It's giant land. It's not a land where you'll be happy it's a land that will eat you up. It's a land where you will die. And if you put the scriptures together, one says they slandered the land. The psalmist said they despised the land. Well, God took it personally. They had every reason to believe. They had seen his wonders in Egypt. They had seen all the signs all the wonders that brought that, that heathen nation and Pharaoh to their knees. They would never have let them go. And yet, they did. And they, when, when they came out, the Bible, so the psalmist said, he brought them out with silver and with gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. There was healing that went through that whole camp. That happened when they uh, observed Passover. And they applied the blood and the instruction was to get inside and eat the body of the lamb. And the next thing you know, they're all healed. Hallelujah. That's a whole study in itself. But didn't the Bible say uh, by his stripes we are healed? What is that? His body was broken so ours could be whole. Hallelujah. And he's done all this for them. And got them to the land. And now the majority decides, okay, he got us out of Egypt. Okay, he split the Red Sea. Okay, he wiped out Pharaoh's armies. Okay, but I don't think he can handle these giants. No, too big for God. The walls are too big for God. The giants are too big for God. Now they maybe didn't use those exact words, but that's what they're saying when they say it can't happen. But Caleb and Joshua had a different spirit. And they begin to affirm, come on, guys, don't do this. Don't rebel against God. Let's go get this thing. Let's go do this thing. God is with us. In fact, read it again in chapter 14, uh, verse 6. Caleb and Joshua 
uh, they rent their clothes because they were so frustrated about what these guys were doing. And they, they spoke to the company of the children of Israel. They said, the land we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. That's a type of all the blessings and benefits we have in Christ. Amen. Is it truly exceeding abundantly above everything you ever asked or thought? Is God a good God? Yes. Does he even give you richly all things to enjoy? And if God spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The Bible said, and he said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? The good land, full of good things, that's the good news. And they said, if the Lord delight in us, he'll bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord. Don't fear the people of the land. They're bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. That's how faith talked then. It's how faith talks now. Hmm? God is with us. He'll help us. He'll show us how. He'll get us in there. <laughs> we can do this. Oh, you like it, don't you? <laughs> See, even, even saying that, your spirit goes, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your spirit jumps. Why? Because that's what you were made for. You are a faith child of a faith God. He functions on this. And he told us, this is how you live. This is how you walk. You live by faith, you walk by faith, you overcome the world by faith, you please me by faith. What is it? The spirit of faith. It is this undaunted, undaunting, unconquerable spirit that no matter what you see, no matter what giant you see, no matter what walled city you see, you, you can't see that for looking at God. All I see is God. Is that right? That's all Caleb could see. That's all uh, Joshua could see was God. They're like, are you joking? Do you remember what God did? Look at what God did in Egypt. Look at that. Look at this. Look at the other. And the other guys, all they could see was giants. Giants on the brain. Walled city, right? That's all they could see. No, sons of Anak, Anak, Anakai, Anakim. Anakim, Nephilim, giants, big. <laughs> fear, fear had gripped them walking by sight. Joshua and Caleb had another spirit, spirit of faith, walking by faith. Now notice it said in 22, the Lord said, all those men that have seen my glory and my miracles that I did, verse 23, surely they'll not see the land. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has another spirit and has followed him with him and has followed me fully. Note that term. It shows up, uh, I don't know, about four times in these passages that he's followed me fully. And that was a description of the, how his spirit was different from these other folks. In fact, I'll I'll read it to you. Everybody said out loud, he, he followed me fully. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He followed me fully. 
The scripture said in Deuteronomy 1, we read that. He said, uh, except Caleb, he's, he's not going to perish out there. He'll see the land. I'll give it to him because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Now, that's the way a lot of translations will say it, wholeheartedly. Numbers 32, notice this. Numbers 32, 9. They'll put it on the, the chalkboard for us. After they went up to the valley of Eshcol and viewed the land, this is the NIV, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. The Lord's anger was aroused that day, and he swore this oath. He said, because they have not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of the men 20 years old or more who came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, this is... God is keeping his commitment to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He fully intends for them to get in here. Even if they don't do everything perfectly, he wants them in based on keeping his word to Abraham. Come on, can you see that? And Which is why he put up with them so much that he did. Uh, there was plenty of reason to ditch them long before. <laughs> but he just... Even after all that, ten separate major times of them doing what they did at Kadesh here this time. This was the tenth time they've done this in a major way since him getting them out of Egypt. And what he's seeing and what he knows, they're not going to change. It wouldn't matter if they had 50 opportunities. It wouldn't matter if they had a thousand opportunities. He knows there comes a point where people are not going to change. And so that's why he said, well, all right, get back in the desert and I'll bring your kids in. Somebody will listen. Nobody of that generation got to go in except, except <laughs> Caleb and Joshua. Wow. And he said, because uh, they've not followed me wholeheartedly, verse 11, not one of the men that came out of Egypt, uh, will see the land. Verse 12, not one except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Oh, somebody say wholeheartedly. 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 You know, it's interesting. Names always have significance uh, in the Word. And uh, for instance, Joshua, actually Joshua's son, name wasn't Joshua until after they were sent to spy out the land. His name was Oshia. And before, at that point where they were sending them in to spy out the land, Moses changed his name. <laughs> Moses changed Oshia to Joshua or Yahushua, which is also the same name as the master, Jesus. Now, if, if that sounds strange to you, study it out. Look at the Greek and you'll see Joshua is also the name of our Lord. Uh, Jesus is a Greek rendering of it. And it means Jehovah saves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jehovah saves. Yes, he does. Aren't you glad? Jehovah saves. Every time you say Joshua, that's what you're saying. Caleb, I wondered about this. It means, Caleb's name means dog. 
D-O-G, dog. You know, like the four-footed kind with the tail. <laughs> and I thought, well, what, what is that? And then I began to see, he followed me fully. <laughs> all y'all went, ding. <laughs> we've, got, we've got two little dogs at our house, and especially one of them, the little, little white uh, boy dog, his name's Bubby, and he thinks my wife, Phyllis, is his whole world. And I mean, if she goes to the kitchen, he follows and he, she goes to the closet, he follows <laughs> If he could, he would follow her everywhere all the time. And I reckon he'll do that his whole life. He follows her fully. And here you see that quality and that characteristic in Caleb. The Lord saw his heart. What kind of heart did he have? God knew. Wherever God goes, it's where he's going to go. And he doesn't care what everybody else does. They can say what they want, but he is the Lord's. He belongs to him and he has made the commitment in his heart to wholly follow him. And this was, this was such a thing that in, in Joshua 14, if you'd turn there and look at that, you might say, well, what's the, what's the big deal about the, the wholehearted? We, we got into that some um, on yesterday's class uh, about how that... Uh, in this life, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be challenged and tried and tested. And if you haven't made up your mind before you started out, you will be easy to deter, to dissuade. You've got to have something in you that anchors you, that you've made up your mind. You're going to do this thing. Elsewise, you can be talked out of it. I know we used to, uh, uh, I used to uh, be involved at a Bible school and um, every time we would have the new students coming in in orientation, they're getting ready, their classes are starting in a week or two. And sometimes I'd have opportunity to say something to them. And oftentimes I'd say this, I would say, uh, uh, everybody excited to be here? Oh man, <laughs> the place would roar. They are just, a lot of them young and and just so full of aspiration and energy and excitement. And I said, uh, do you believe that God directed you to be here? Yes. And yay. Then I'd say, do you believe that God directed you to be here? And they'd go, yes. And I'd say, do you believe that God has directed you to be here? A little bit quieter. Yeah. Are you sure <laughs> that the Lord has directed you to be? And after a while, they're looking like, I got it the first time. No, I've been here before. I've seen this thing unfold. Why am I saying that? Because if you've got any doubts about it now, you're going to be easy pickings three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, because things will come up. Things will come up. Maybe it's something you're having to believe for, something you need, something that's tried to get in your way, trying to hinder you. And you know what the first thing the enemy will hit you with? Are you supposed to be here? Huh? Are you, are you sure you're supposed to be here? And if he can get you to question that, the foundation of your faith is pulled out. Because uh, like one individual said, faith begins 
where the will of God is known. That's another way of saying faith comes by hearing what God has said, by the report. And so see, that's what the enemy will do. And, and that's what he jumped on them when they saw those giants. Then he jumped on all the people. You're not even supposed to be here. You shouldn't be here. You should be back in Egypt. And because they entertained that, they lost all footing of their faith. They lost all found. They're questioning God's goodwill. They're questioning God's good plan, and they lost the footing of their faith. But apparently, obviously, Caleb and Joshua, before they ever started this thing, they decided God is right all the time. And this thing about going into the promised land, that's God. <laughs> right? That ain't going to change. We're not going to change. So it wouldn't have mattered if they had seen flying saucers and aliens over there. Is it, are you with me? They'd say, well, God's bigger than flying saucers. Is that right? He's bigger than giants. He's bigger than anything. They had made that full heart commitment to do the will of God. And when you make that, then the enemy can't get you to question God's good will or, his God, or God's good plan. You just won't question it. And if you won't question it, you won't waver. Oh, come on, can you see that? And the enemy, he, he's trying to get your confidence away from you. There's this tug of war. He's trying to get you to question God, question God's word, question his will. Isn't that how it started all the way back in the garden? Is that right? But he hit Eve up with that and said, has God said? Trying to get you to question. And God doesn't change. That's why when you set out to do something from the Lord and you know you've heard from him, you need to go ahead and set your face like Flint and say, no matter what it costs, no matter how long it takes, come on, are y'all with me? We are doing this. This is the will of God. It's the plan of God. And the Lord is with us. Hallelujah. The Lord is with us. And you'll be like Caleb. You'll be like dog. Is that right? You'll be like, God says, we're going here. You go, okay, here we go. We're going with God. I mean, God, if you stop real fast, let me know, because I'll run in the back of you. The Bible said, my soul follows hard after you. You want to follow tight. You want to follow close. And you want to make up your mind all the way. I'm going all the way. Because if you can be talked out of it, the enemy will do it. If you can be deceived and tricked and turned aside, the enemy will bring enough against you that that'll happen. But he'll see at some point that you can't be talked out of it. And you know, even with, with, even with Jesus, the enemy came and tempted him 40 days and nights. He poured it on. But the Bible said after that, he left him for a season. Why? He, not, he can't get anywhere with him. He's not going to change. He's not going to bend. He's not going to give in. He's not going to give up. And that's your champion. That's the author and finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, my heart. My heart is fully committed, is fully committed to, my God. to my God. And by His grace, by his grace I, will I will follow Him fully. I will run my race. I will, I will finish my course, finish my course. With, the joy of the Lord. with the joy of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Our time's up again. Aren't you glad you know Him? Aren't you glad the very faith of God is in your bosom and stirring in your heart? 
<laughs> well, there's more to be seen. Come back next time. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.